What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Russ, today's podcast is literally the story of the inner circle and how it can take people from zero, like no experience to graduation to the passive income mastermind. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I mean, I, I think because we had three members of our inner circle who now are in the passive income mastermind, you literally just made the connection. So I like the way you did that stallion. That was good. I, well, but, I, but break, but break this down for me. Okay. Somebody says, I hear you guys talk about the inner circle. It sounds cool, but like, I don't understand the tenets of it. Like what is, what is actually going on within that? That's what made me think of this podcast. Like, well, so here, here's the key. I think the big thing is, is that we run life in our little silos trying to get as far as we possibly can by ourselves, right? And what's the old saying? If you want to go fast, you go solo. But if you want to go far, you go together. Right. And too oftentimes people come to us solo and they're running fast and the, and maybe they're the first person in their group to reach out and say, hey, I want to start this infinite banking concept. I've heard you guys talk about it. Hey, I want to start building some passive income. I've heard you guys uh, interview people around this and you guys post on your passive income report every month. But I don't know what to do from that point. Like I, I got this far, right? Now, now get me in the car and, and take me the rest of the way. Like expose me, give me, give me experience, give me insight, give me motivation, give me accountability. Right. And that is what our masterminds do, right? The inner circle and the passive income mastermind are just two different masterminds we have. The first one are for those who typically have more time than money right? It's usually where I'm coming there. Not like I have an abundant amount of time because I mean, most of us are all working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks. We don't have lots of time, but we're like, man, I'm willing to, to find ways to do things, to hack, maybe uh, to start a side hustle, to, to moonlight in, you know, in the passive income areas uh, on my off hours and during the weekends in order to get more time back in the future, right? To get that cash flow going where our passive income mastermind are for those who typically have already solved for the money thing, but just like the others, they don't have time either. And, but what they're willing to do is trade that money to buy back time where they, they start investing in deals that create passive income and they're hacking other um, people around them's experience. They start building their own funds. So now they're using the expertise of investing and they're raising funds from other people who maybe don't have that, that can help them get into bigger and better opportunities and, and speed up the time frame. Those are the two things. But more importantly, Stallion, I think what we see in this interview is how when you get around like-minded people, you motivate yourself, you challenge yourself, you compete with others for success. That's right. Yeah. You're talking about Matthew Hammond, 
Brent Knoblet and Jonathan Day and how these are not professional speakers, guys. These guys are not on stages selling anything. In fact, out of the goodness of their heart, they're just sharing their story because it's motivational, right? They go from education, like the very beginning of this is being exposed to ideas. That's what the inner circle is, but it doesn't end there, right? It doesn't end with information. You can get information from listening to the podcast. You can get information from reading a book. But what happens after that is now there's a mastermind component, right? Where now we start to share those ideas, our experience, the experience of others, the motivation of others, as you mentioned, the competition that's behind it that will help keep us always looking ahead and trying to get one step further. And then the last part is action because information, masterminding, getting that experience, it creates safety that now you can run. It doesn't mean it's perfect. Like there's no given that investment uh, investments are, are without risk. That's not, I mean, that's not what we're talking about, but when you take your information and you have that input from others, it creates enough safety that now you feel like I can take action on this idea and I can move forward fast. And what you're going to hear from these guys today is the passion behind it, the motivation of what got them there, and lastly, the results that they were able to do in a very short amount of time. We're talking within a couple of years, these guys have accomplished so much. And that's what we want for you. If you have not taken the chance to meet with one of our coaches to talk about your own financial journey, I want to call you to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Now, let's not hold back anymore from this interview, Russ. Let's get in here with Jonathan, Brent, and Matthew. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome, Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe. This is a first, okay? This is a first where we have three guests simultaneously. You're in for a treat to hear from Matthew Hammond, Jonathan Day, and Brent Noblet. Welcome, guys. So glad to have you on. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Man, see, this is this is already interesting because they don't even know. Like, should I should I jump in yet, or should I not? You guys got to be more aggressive. Like, just do what I do to Joey: mute him and start talking. That's talk that's over the him. That's that's the goal. Yeah. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the seasoned guest here, the person who was on episode 207, Matthew Hammond. We we heard his story. If you didn't go back and listen to it, but I I want to start with you, Matthew, because this conversation happened because you were. You were learning from one of these other guys, but then sharing what you were learning with both of them. So let's talk a little bit about your investment journey and why is it so important, do you believe, to create passive income in your life? Man, um, passive income is um, is so important. Um, the more and more I learned on my journey, uh, the more and more I realized that my time was not my own. I was working for the man, so to speak. And uh, although I do love the people I work for, the fact still remain that I do have to answer to somebody other than myself uh, when it comes to 
when it comes to uh, time freedom. And, uh, and so as I, as I started my investment journey, passive income was my number one priority in order to regain that time freedom uh, back for myself and for my family so that I could spend uh, more time with them, more time doing the things that I enjoy doing and not being handcuffed to a desk um, and having to trade my time for money. And so, uh, and so that's, that's been my journey up to this point over the last, I'd say two years now. Perfect. How about, how about for you, Brent? What, what would you say? Why was passive income so important for you? Yeah, I would say, uh, probably I guess what, uh, was the catalyst for me to start looking probably was around 10 years ago when we had our first kid, uh, and when we had to go drop him off at daycare for the first time and just kind of, uh, you know, felt really bad that both me and my wife were having to go off to work and leave him with someone else to, you know, to take care of him for the day. And so that kind of started my journey then. And it's been obviously here 10 years later, and I'm only just now uh, close to, you know, reaching the financial freedom. Um, so I'd say that was the catalyst and, uh, you know, just what really, I guess, uh, started it for me. Um, and then just, well, yeah, we'll stop there. How about, what about you? Yeah, for me, it started uh, about seven years ago. We uh, moved to Greenville, our hometown, uh, current hometown, and started planting a church. We, I'm a pastor, and uh, it was uh, an, an adventure, uh, and it's also a venture in a, in a business sense, too. You know, so it's kind of a startup kind of deal. Uh, we were very uh, financially strapped for several years. God always provided, but uh, we were just at a point where I was uh, just kind of throwing my hands up like, you know, what should I do now? What, you know, I've just got to do do something. And uh, went through a couple, you know, iterations of, you know, maybe working another job or doing some of those things. But I just had always thought about the idea of real estate or some form of passive income and it seemed like the pairing was was perfect you know if i could do something where i could work on a project for a couple of months um that's you know what it felt like in my head at the time if i could work on a project for a couple of months and then have passive income you know a, a residual income was the language i used at the time uh then i could just be about doing what i felt like god called me to do during the day and the income you know, work on one thing and the income come in from somewhere else. So I guess kind of in a nutshell, that's where I'm at on the passive income uh, spectrum on the, uh, the reason why it's important. Yeah, no, that's super, super interesting to hear everybody's perspective because it sounds like in your case, Jonathan, it was more about um, seeking something that you're passionate about without having to be concerned about the income. And uh, Matthew and Brent, you guys were both kind of focused on the family aspect, like, you know, seeing time as being the biggest, uh, it's being taken from you uh, on a day-to-day on -day basis. Um, let me ask you this. What, were, what was something that you tried early on in light of that that you wouldn't recommend? Like somebody could learn from you. Matthew, we'll come back to you on that question. Well, starting out before I really kind of got my feet truly wet in the, uh, in the investment journey, I was really just, I had this uh, shiny object syndrome where 
where anytime an investment opportunity came along, I was immediately attracted to it without actually doing any kind of due diligence. And sometimes, you know, with my personality, you know, I, I'm, I'm very analytical, but at the same time, I was very aggressive in my, in my ambitions. And so sometimes there were some investments that I may have jumped into prematurely without doing the proper due diligence. And, uh, and I got burned on a few of those here and there. I mean, nothing, nothing that I couldn't recover from, uh, but it was definitely a learning experience. And now, and now as I'm, I'm by no means an investment expert uh, in any shape or form, but I'm definitely more experienced over the last few years in my investment journey that uh, I'm able to um, I prioritize that due diligence so that I can actually truly analyze an investment, not just the, not just the investment itself, but the people behind the investment uh, so that I can make sure that it's, it's not, not just a good fit for me uh, financially, but it's also a good fit for me uh, with, my, with my investment personality as well. Awesome. Brent, what about you? Something you would not recommend people follow your footsteps? Well, of course, we can always uh, start with stock investing. Um, you know, yeah, as a beat up on yeah, Wall Street today, guys. Let's yeah, it's never, never a bad time to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, before I, you know, found you guys and really got on this journey, I mean, that's, you know, I did what everybody else does. Dump your money in the 401k and that's what you do and just kind of don't think about it. You know, I looked at long-term rentals for a long time and I uh, just never could pull the trigger on anything there. Just the numbers never made sense to me. And, you know, when it came to sort of passive investing, that was really all I knew at the time before I really got in and started learning about other options that were out there that just kind of seemed to be, if anybody else was doing anything besides investing in the stock market, it was long-term rentals. And so that's kind of what I looked at. And it just, you know, for, for me, the numbers just never penciled out right. All right. So you heard it here. Brent Malbitt says, do not put money in a 401k. All right. Thank you, Brent. Um, Jonathan, what's something you would say? Don't do this. Don't do as I did. Well, they actually took both of my answers. So if I'm going to go with something different, <laughs> uh, something maybe off the wall is it's a, it's a good and a bad thing. Uh, I would not recommend buying a short-term rental in Orlando. Um, that is a, Unless you know the market, just don't do it. You know the people that you're dealing with. Um, the expectations of your clientele, you know, they're going to Disney. They're going to Universal. And so uh, you, you can get yourself in a situation where it's hard to please, hard to please people. Right, so you're, you're riding the market up, then you sell it and you make some money. Then I guess I would totally recommend it. That's the way it worked out for me. So what, what I heard you say is that the market in Orlando, people have an expectation of what Disney looks like. To me, I'm going to equate that to when we started doing YouTube videos. Initially, my expectation was, oh, our YouTube videos need to be like the movies or the, the commercials you watch on TV that are so professionally produced. But then that was obviously not the reality that we were creating. And so you're saying people have that perception in their mind of I'm going to ex I'm expect everything to be Disney-esque or Universal-esque. And then they show up to your short-term rental. And if it doesn't meet that expectation, now they're giving you bad reviews or complaining. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And just from a marketing standpoint to begin with, you know, your, your Airbnb or your Verbo photos are so much of why you get bookings in the first place. And so um, obviously you can plan to put a lot of money in theming in Orlando. 
you know, people have made tons of money doing that. You know, they buy a house that's unthemed, theme it out and then flip uh, the Airbnb or the Verbo property um, based on uh, upgrading the property. Uh, What I was specifically talking about, even if you do have it themed very well, you know, you're meeting the expectations of, you know, coming into a, a great environment of someone if you're trying to manage remotely, some of the things that are difficult to provide those people is the is the one-on-one hospitality. Um, uh, so you've really got to have great people on the ground if you're going to manage remotely. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, that that makes more sense. All right, let, let's talk a little bit about remotely. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back into the discussion, Matthew, because I think it's important for us to to talk a little bit about what it is that you did initially in order to try to get out of the rat race, right? What were you doing? What was the first thing that you did to start trying to create passive income? Well, first things first, and this kind of is a um, an add to what Brent was saying about the uh, 401k. It was, um, I took it a step further. Not only did I not continue contributing to my 401k, but I had to get that money out of there as quickly as possible. In some way, shape or form, I was going to get that money out of there because it was dead in there. It was not doing me any good. And so um, along came the CARES Act uh, during during COVID-19. And um, the CARES Act actually was a huge positive for me because the one thing that always scared me was that 10% penalty. Um, and in retrospect, it's such an insignificant thing. But before you actually pull the trigger on it and you uh, and you see that 10% penalty, I wasn't even thinking about the tax implications on, on top of that. It was just that 10% penalty that was scaring the crap out of me to pull money out of my retirement accounts. And when the CARES Act, when the government in its infinite wisdom <laughs> decided to uh, eliminate that 10% penalty for a short time, uh, I, I talked to my wife, Angie, and uh, and we decided that if we were ever going to do it, this was the time to do it. Um, because they just eliminated that one fear that I've always had. And so we pulled the maximum amount of our retirement accounts um, that we could under the CARES Act. Uh, and and we were able to avoid that 10% penalty. And, um, and first we started, actually started our IBC journey with that money using, um, using the whole life insurance policies. And then uh, funneling that from the whole life insurance policies, we ended up buying our first short-term rental in uh, the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. And uh, ever since that, we, we've never looked back. And um, and so I would say, I would say that uh, that was that was the biggest catalyst was uh, was pulling that money out of the retirement account, taking it a step further, so that we could start our investment journey, so that we weren't continually tied down with no capital to to get started with. Mm, love that. And, and a sec, most people right now are like Googling CARES Act. Can I get my money out of my 401k using the CARES Act? And unfortunately, that that time frame has passed, but there there may be other options in the future. We'll have to see. So, Brent, I, I want to come to you. What was one of the first things that you did on your journey to getting out of the rat race by, to create passive income? Yeah, so for me, it all started with uh, learning about the infinite banking concept Uh, that just learning about uh, that just kind of changed my life. Um, One of my friends, Jeremiah, do was making some pretty vague posts on it back probably in 2018. Um, And I just happened to kind of see those posts on Facebook and other social media and reached out to him like, hey, what are you what are you doing? You know, can you explain this a little more to me? And, you know, I think it 
you know, just kind of light bulb went off for me kind of immediately once he kind of explained what was going on with it. And so then not long after that, I saw him actually come down to uh, the Wealth Without Wall Street offices and he posted a picture from uh, your old office. And, uh, you know, just the company name alone kind of, uh, you know, was like, I need to go search that company name. I didn't even ask him anything. I just saw the picture. And so I searched and that, you know, led me to finding you guys and started listening to the podcast, started, uh, you know, you guys started a community, obviously joined that and kind of the rest is history. So, you know, the first thing, I guess, after the infinite banking concept, setting up that policy, I'd heard a podcast with Avery Carl um, that you guys had on and uh, she was just talking about Pigeon Forge and buying cabins up there. And then, you know, the kind of the other kicker was, you could buy them with 10% down instead of the typical 20, 25% that you need on an investment loan. And, you know, that really stuck out for me because I didn't have a lot of money um, to be able to put, you know, a hundred thousand down on a property or, you know, anything of that kind of uh, size. So did the same thing as Matthew. It was right around when COVID had started uh, kind of perfect timing. Uh, you know, so I was able to cash out my 401k, um, took everything out that I had in there, uh, you know, and, that part really wasn't scary to me because it wasn't a lot of money anyway. So it's like, you know, I'm not giving up retirement. This is not enough money to retire on anyway. So why not take a chance on something? And uh, so, yeah, the rest is history after that, invested in that and that one property. Um, I was able to actually sell it earlier this year. And that's led to me being able to, you know, get into a whole host of other investments. Oh, so cool. I want to come back to those in a little bit. Let's jump over to Jonathan. What about you, Jonathan? What was, what was that first step for you? Um, trying to create passive income and getting out of the rat race? Well, a lot of minor steps kind of along the way in my life. My dad really poured in a lot to me as far as financial education goes. Um, it was maybe along a different track uh, than what we typically talk about here. Uh, but my first big step, you know, kind of that big marker that I would point to is uh, selling our house in 2017. I said earlier that I would just come to a moment. It was like we, you know, I've got to do something different or this is unsustainable. And I knew just enough to be dangerous. And I knew that my house was worth more than I owed on it. And so I was like, all right, let's just sell the house. We'll get the money out. We'll downsize and I'll have all this money to be able to use to you know, buy stuff, flip, flip stuff, rent stuff. And so that's what we did. We downsized into a condo, like just basically down the street um, with the plan of renting that condo later uh, after everything went spectacularly well, as I, just as I had planned it, of course, stuff goes according to plan all the time. Sure. Uh, just kidding. Of course. Um, but bought some rental properties, uh, Upgraded those, rented some, uh, wholesale, uh, some tax lien stuff, you know, just kind of whacking at it and uh, learned a lot of hard lessons. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we call passive income that's not actually passive whenever you uh, are neck deep in it. Um, so, yeah, that was the big thing that started it. Kind of another uh, big uh, boost, I would say, is exactly what those guys said. You know, come 2020, CARES Act rolled around. Hey, I've got all this uh, money that I can use for something um, besides just sitting in an account. No, don't have to pay the 10% penalty. And just like Matthew said, I was always scared of that. I was like, oh, man, you, you know, you'd lose all that money, you'd, you know. And looking back on it, it's like, you know, 
half a month's rent from a short-term rental, uh, what I would have lost, you know, so it was, you just don't know what you don't know, of course. And, uh, so that was just removed a barrier. So two, two things, I guess, to answer your question. But and man, thank you guys for sharing that. Um, I want to circle back to Matthew and Brent. You specifically brought up infinite banking, IBC. What would you say about infinite banking that was powerful? Like m- most people that they don't have any sort of context, they're like whole life insurance. Like I, I've always heard that that's boring. It's it's costly. It's not good for people. Like how is that a part of your story? to getting to success. Like it just make that a little bit clearer for somebody that's maybe never even heard of it from your perspective, Matthew, you start us off. Well, I wish I could take credit for the idea of getting started in infinite banking, but I have to give the credit to Brent because he's the one that actually introduced me to it uh, by letting me borrow Nelson Nash's book, uh, becoming your own banker. And uh, I know I referenced that in uh, the previous episode where you guys interviewed me and uh, I read it over a weekend at the lake with my family and it just the concepts, it just clicked for me. And um, and it took uh, I was so excited to get started with it as soon as I read that book um, that I was trying to relay that excitement to my wife and my son. And they just looked at me like I was an idiot because clearly they hadn't read the book. And uh, <laughs> and um, so it took some it took some time to at least educate mainly my wife, my son was going to go along whether he liked it or not. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, Angie, uh, when we, we actually decided to go through your, you guys as IBC 101, uh, videos. Um, and, and that's what really, Angie's a very visual person. And so that's what really clicked for her. And, uh, as soon as, as soon as it clicked for both of us, um, we were ready to rock and roll. And the, the biggest draw for me was, I mean, obviously the, the obvious part is having control of your own money. Uh, you're not having to rely on banks for loans. Um, you have money that you can use at any time for anything. And the insurance company, I mean, your your cash value in your whole life policy is the collateral on the loan. So the insurance company has no reason to deny you a loan. So you, you request a loan on that uh, cash value. And the only thing the insurance company asks is how much you want and where do you want us to send it? And so that kind of freedom is what was so exciting because there was nothing holding us back at that point to be able to use, to de- deploy that capital to investments um, at any any time. I mean, an investment. I mean, you guys know that when you find a deal, I mean, you have to jump on it because somebody else will steal it away if you can't if you can't come up with the money in time. And so, it was nice to not have to rely on the banks to uh, underwrite the loans and have to wait thirty to sixty, sometimes ninety days before you can actually get the capital. And then by that time, the deal may or may not even be there anymore. And so to have that instant access to that cash was huge for us uh, in getting that uh, investment and in getting, getting our investment um, strategy going. No and, um, and on top of that, you have a legacy that you can leave your kids because I mean, whole life policies, yes, you have all that cash value, but you also have a death benefit. So, you know, I don't plan on dying anytime soon, but it's inevitable. And so, uh, um, so, you know, it's nice to have that, uh, that added bonus that I can actually leave a legacy to my, my wife and or son, you know, depending on how things work out. And so it's just, it's just a double bonus as far as I'm concerned. Hey, there, there's three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and growth on cash value and whole life policies, right? I don't know. I'll argue with you on the taxes part, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I just read this comment. It was so drawing joy. I wanted to share it. 
I realize that my time is not really mine. It's my company's. Now I have to stop negotiating my time for money and I need to start working to become financially free. That's exactly how I felt when my daughter Adler asked me on the way to school, dad, can you pick me up from school today? And I had to say, no, baby, I have to go to work. That's where I drew the line. In order for you to be clear on the things you need to do and stop doing and to know who you need to become so that you can stop trading time for money, join us right now at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Now let's get back to this episode. So Brent, what about for you? You mentioned there was a light bulb moment whenever you started learning about infinite banking. What aspect or perspective did you see was such a benefit to you and your family? Yeah, I think kind of simply, it was just, you know, it's kind of for me, I've never been a great saver. And so just the simplicity of, you know, I'm going to be able to put money in this policy and it's going to force me to save because I'm not going to start this policy and then allow it to lapse and lose it. So I'm going to have to come up with money, no questions asked. Um, and then, you know, I didn't know any of this at the time. I mean, I, yes, I heard the concepts and, you know, but I didn't understand it because I wasn't doing any sort of investments at the time. But just, you know, the freedom of being able to go and take a policy loan um, when you need it to make an investment. Uh, you know, if you do a, enough of these investments and work with banks, uh, you understand, you'll, you'll understand why it's so important because, yeah, all the paperwork that you have to go through for everything. You know, they'll come back the day before closing and say, oh, sorry, we can't close now. Something's changed. Um, you know, there's just no certainty. And with the infinite banking policies, everything's in the contract. Nothing's going to change. Um, so anytime I want the money, you know, it's the simple, simple request and I have the money within a couple of days. Um, there's no bank that I've ever worked with that's been able to close on a loan uh, that quick. And then on top of that, not having any kind of payback, um, you know, I guess, period. You know, they're not coming and saying, well, you've borrowed $10,000. Here's your payback schedule. Um, you know, that, that gives you a ton of freedom to be able to manage your cash flows. And when you're ready and able, you can pay them back. But if it's not next month, then it doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, I mean, just the freedom in that, um, you know, it's just huge. That's awesome. Jonathan, would you add anything to that? I, you didn't mention yeah, IBC, so, but I didn't want to assume one way or the other on that. Yeah. So the I'm in infancy on IBC stuff, trying to understand it, but my biggest um, advantage, the biggest advantage that I see based on my experience, I've already mentioned two of the situations already uh, on the podcast is just access to cash. You know, I'm starting my investment journey and my equity and my, you know, my cash, my wealth or whatever is locked into my house. That doesn't put food on my table or my, you know, my savings, my, uh, cash, my wealth is locked into a government sponsored retirement plan and that doesn't put food on my table. And so in one sense, you know, you, the stress of that is good because it's forcing me to think like, okay, this, uh, there's gotta be something different. I don't have access to this money. I've got to do something, something different. But if I had access to that cash, would I have, you know, eaten it, so to speak? Uh, maybe. I don't know. But whenever I got access to cash, of course, I was going down a path of I've got to do something different. So that's the biggest advantage I see with IBC is just having access 
to your stores of wealth to be able to create more. I love that. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you uh, on the on the hot seat, Jonathan. We're gonna reverse the yeah. order. So like it's like fantasy draft time here. You know, you're <laughs> going last. I'm gonna uh, even though this is in the second round, I'm gonna let this be a, a new round where you you get to start. So we we've kind of gone through a lot of discussions, right? Where you started, um, some of the action steps that you've taken, even your revelation on having access to cash and its importance. Talk a little bit, though, about the value of investing with these other guys, because it sounds like you two, the, the, oh, the, you and these other two guys are not doing things in silos. You're sharing information. I, I'm really yeah. curious as to that. Well, I mean, you know, it started because we were friends anyway. You know, we've got a text group and we'll share funny memes all the time. We're Clemson football fan, fans. And so we. <laughs> You know, so the relationship exists outside of passive income, but whenever, you know, like your friend likes donuts and so, hey, you want to go to the donut shop or the coffee shop, you know, you just, you kind of catch what uh, your friends are doing, no matter what it is. And so, you know, I was involved in one area of passive income stuff and uh, Brent was involved in another area and we're talking and he's listening to you guys and I'm, you know listening to whoever. And so we're just sharing these ideas and it just becomes kind of a boiler room of, of, Hey, here's, have you thought about this? Have you done this? Oh man, I could do that. You know? And so we were actually out, um, you know, alluding to the name of this podcast. We were at a wing place in Greenville and uh, Brent had invested in a short-term rental up in Pigeon Forge I had heard Avery Carl, the same person that he mentioned earlier on a different podcast. It was kind of like, a, you know, you know, maybe that's something that I could go down. Maybe that's something that I could do. And we were eating wings. I want to say that Matthew had gotten up to go to the bathroom or something. And Brent was just staring at his screen, you know, and sometimes, I'm, you know, you're thinking, oh, man, there's two people here. We're sitting on the same side of the table and he's ignoring me. And suddenly he goes, I can't believe how much people are paying to stay at my place i'm like what and so he flashes the screen over at me with the numbers for the rest of the year like he had bought it maybe two weeks beforehand and the number on that screen just blew my mind and so i went home and told my wife like we have to do this and i think within three days we were under contract on one in tennessee and so i mean that's just one example of you know, the people that you're doing life with, sharing life with, in a lot of ways you become like them. They're passing along ideas. It's inspiration uh, in some senses. It's, it's challenge. Uh, there's reminders. You know, uh, the other day, Matthew was like, oh, man, I'm working on this uh, particular thing, you know, uh, bank structure on my house or whatever. I'm like, oh, man, I, I need to do that. So, you know, so here I am, you know, I'm kind of following suit. So there's ideas and challenge and reminders and all kinds of stuff you know for for me i would say for them to i don't want to answer for them but you know it's kind of all a process of just sharing life with with friends beyond we didn't connect over investments and then become friends it was the reverse for us uh, it, that's very very helpful though i mean think about that brent it, it seems like you know, everything happens around a plate of chicken wings. That's, that's a, a saying I've heard you guys talk about. And 
but also having other people around you who are thinking, <laughs> I, I'm going to stop there. Use the word thinking. People around you who are thinking. There's so few people that are thinking. What's the value in your mind to have friend group that are helping you think and who are pushing you um, in, in areas maybe that you wouldn't do by yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously invaluable. Um, you know, I, I remember before Infinite Banking came along, any of these investments came along, you know, we used to talk about things like this and just talk about, man, you know, what would it look like to be financially free? How awesome would that be? You know, and just having those discussions, um, you know, late on a Thursday night or whatever night we're meeting. And so I, I vaguely, you know, vividly remember having those discussions. And uh, so it's, it's awesome to kind of see that come to fruition. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, the youngest of the group, but I kind of feel like a proud parent. Uh, you know, I didn't ever expect to be in that position of, you know, just by me sharing things with them, uh, being able to help, you know, change their families' lives as well. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the money's nice, being able to do the things with my family's nice, but also seeing other people able to come along for the ride. Um, is also awesome as well. So it's just, yeah, it's been fun to kind of see, you know, I remember us talking when we didn't have a clue what we were going to do, you know, how, the, what this looked like in the future to where we are now, where we, you know, all have well-defined plans of, you know, where we see ourselves going. Uh, I love, I love that. So, so good. Now, what about you, Matthew? What, what, what's your, what's your unique take on investing with friends and, uh, being in a group that can mastermind. And uh, I, I know that you, you follow the lead on some of these guys, but also you you kind of led the way in another regard um, as, as as it takes into um, the passive income mastermind as well. Yeah, so um, I, these guys may not have the same mentality I do with regard to this, but I am hyper-competitive. Uh, <laughs> It, it's almost on an unhealthy level. Uh, I would say the only person that's more competitive than me is my wife. And so just, just forget, just, just forget about coming to game night with my wife and I, because, uh, you will not have any fun. I promise. <laughs> but in all seriousness though, uh, my competitiveness, I love having Brent and Jonathan as my, as my core group, uh, for investments because it, as much as I cheer them on in their successes, I'm also competing with them. Not, not, not in a hostile way by any means. It's, it's just a friendly competition. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, Brent's Brent's at this level now and this investment and this is where I want to be. So I need to, I need to, you know, step it up, step up my game or Jonathan's man. He just bought another house. I need, Oh man, I need to step up my game. So it's that, that competitive nature in myself that helps, helps me drive, um, helps me drive my, um, investments. And, um, and so I, and I cheer them on, man. I, I want them to stay ahead of me in certain, in, in a lot of aspects because all that does is just motivate me more. Um, I don't, I don't want to get to the point where like I'm at the finish line and waiting for them to catch up. I want to be the one that's trying to catch up the entire time because, you know, if I ever, if I ever pass them, um, and make it to that, you know, that hypothetical finish line, then, well, then, then the drive's gone and I want to keep that drive. I want to keep that motivation. So I, I love, uh, I love having our close knit group and, uh, being able to bounce ideas off of each other and, and learning what they're doing so that I can see if it's a good fit for me so that I can, you know, continue that race. 
Well, that that's not what Jonathan told me. He told me on sidebar at the mastermind retreat, dude, Matthew's a little unsafe. Like he's a little hostile about this whole competition thing. Just, just so you know, and I was like, man, I got your back. Like uh, I'll, I'll watch out for you. But, um, <laughs> that, so, but you alluded to this earlier, Russ, but so Matthew, you led the way by joining the mastermind. Talk a little bit about what that's meant for you and then maybe how that was been shared within the group as well. Yeah. So, uh, well, full disclosure, joining the mastermind was not my attempt at getting a, getting a lead on Brent and Jonathan. <laughs> I was just blessed to be able to go to your, your, uh, your guys's retreat in Austin, Texas, uh, earlier this year. And, and just, you know, just being in the same room as all of those, man, I mean, all of those, masters of industry <laughs> for lack of a better word. I mean, they're, they're just, just being in that group of knowledge and being able to tap into it. And the, and the fact that everybody in that mastermind is not the, the regardless of how successful they are at their individual, um, races, uh, they're all so humble and they're so willing to share, um, what they've learned, uh, the mistakes they've made. Um, and, and, um, my, my philosophy is if, if I'm the smartest person in the room, then I'm in the wrong room. So, and I, and I definitely was not the smart and I still am not the smartest person in the room when it comes to that passive income mastermind. And I love it because I can just soak up all of that brilliant knowledge that a lot of those guys, um, share on a daily basis, whether, whether on the retreats or through our, you know, weekly or biweekly calls, or even through the, uh, our chat messaging, um, man, I just love soaking up all that information. And so when I, when I got out of that retreat, I just knew instantly, man, I need to join the mastermind so that I can, you know, the retreat was great. The retreat was fantastic, but I can't limit this just to just once or twice a year. I need to be able to do this on a regular basis. And so when I joined the mastermind, I was able to actually tap into the, that knowledge on a regular basis. Uh, it's just, it's just skyrocketed my, my potential and my drive to succeed. And that's awesome to know. So Brent, you and Jonathan are on the, on the back end of that retreat. How did you like talk about what, what did he come back and say? Like, you guys got to join tomorrow. Like, like what, what was the, what was the conversation like after he came back from that retreat? Yeah, no, he definitely uh, talked about, you know, the awesome speakers that were there and uh, I definitely regretted not going out. I, I was, thinking about going and kind of talk myself out of it. And obviously that was a mistake. I could have been, you know, what, six months uh, further along than I am now. Um, so I should have just joined then and, you know, stopped thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, has had nothing but great things to say about it. Um, the topics that you guys were discussing, you know, he would mention those and yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a, it was a no brainer. I mean, it was, you know, really for me, it was just kind of the natural next step. Um, I've been part of the inner circle for, you know, a couple of years and, you know, with the sale of the cabin and the other investments, I mean, it's just really kind of catapulted me to where I think I, you know, ready to be in the next level. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a no brainer. Um, it was just a, yeah. And what, what has it meant for you to be a part of the mastermind now? Um, again, just being around people that are a lot further along than I am. Um, you know, just, just seeing, you know, what it's going to take to get to the next level. I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've made it to one level. I'm not satisfied at that level. I'm happy I'm there, but I've got a lot of work to do to get to the next level. And just having people that have made that transition 
um, you know, that can guide me instead of me trying to figure it out, uh, you know, it's going to save years and a lot of money, hopefully, uh, you know, so I'm not investing in things that I shouldn't be investing in having to learn the hard way uh, by losing a bunch of money uh, before so, knowing what's the next right thing. So, so Brent, you um, obviously were at, at our Scottsdale event. What would be one takeaway that you could share with someone listening right now that you had? Like there was, we had many different speakers, right? We had a member day we, uh, where we went deep on some subjects and we had two other days. What was the biggest takeaway that you've brought home that you shared with your wife that you said, hey, this is what I'm going to do? Well, so the, 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 the two biggest was obviously, I think I had mentioned this there, I'm kind of on a, you know, I've been on a health journey for the last couple of months. So hearing Justin speak, um, you know, that was huge. I've had several conversations with him um, and, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it, but the health side of things is just as important as the financial side of things. If I don't have the health right, I'm not going to be here long enough to enjoy it anyway. So I've got to get both of those things right. So that was a, a huge talk. And then also you guys um, talking about the uh, operating system that you guys use. And, you know, when I started infinite banking, that was a lot, you know, most of the policies that I've started, that was before I started doing all the passive income. And so those things have kind of gotten out of balance. I haven't been doing what I needed to, as far as, you know, taking some of this passive income and building bigger policies and, you know, doing that process correctly. So I need to get those balanced back out. Um, so those were the, the two big takeaways uh, from the event for me. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. The, what's the old Chinese proverb that a, a man who has his health have a thousand wants, but a man without health only has one. So it's a great takeaway. I love that. Yeah. Jonathan, what about you as far as your take on joining the mastermind? Like um, how, how does, was that decision easy? Was it hard? Like how, what has been your experience as a result? Um. I wrestled with it for a little while. Um, just, you know, it is a financial investment. Um, but the benefits um, I'm expect have already, and I'm expecting, uh, you know, of course, out outweigh that. Um, just, just to echo what they've said, you know, just being around people, I've already, I've experienced it. And, you know, of course, being a pastor, you know, I understand, you know, the, the power of an idea, you know, it's the implanted word in our minds and our hearts that is, uh, works in explosive power and that, you know, that, um, there's a particular word, you know, that I preach on Sundays, but there's all sorts of information that, you know, as we receive the knowledge we receive, we also receive the power as it, as it changes us. And so that's one of the awesome things about, you know, uh, doing life with these guys there, you know, there's ideas flying everywhere. I can go, I can go ask, um, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, here's my situation. What do you think? Uh, they've got ideas. And whenever Matthew came back from the passive income retreat in Austin, uh, we had been talking about taxes. We had been talking about, uh, you know, long-term rental holding. You know, there were several questions that I had, you know, that he had found some answers to. He was able to repeat. And then at the same time, it was like, man, I wish I'd have been there, you know, to, to hear the, the actual thing. And so, um, from the passive income retreat in Austin until the passive income retreat in Scottsdale, a lot of the, the knowledge that, uh, was imparted to Matthew, we've kind of, Brent and I have been able to take advantage of. And, you know, for me, it's like, well, 
you know, man, if, if I can benefit this much from hearing a few things kind of secondhand, how much more could I benefit if I had the networking, the relationships, the, you know, if I can, you know, talk with people like Mark Podolsky, I can talk with people like Russ and Joey, you know, on a more personal level in the same way that I'm talking with Matthew and Brent, you know, kind of have that access to, to the knowledge and going, you know, going back to my earlier story, you know, I sold my house. If I knew what I knew now, I would have taken a massively different journey. You know, the knowledge is what is what um, uh, I would say makes the difference. You know, really, the action makes the difference, because whenever you act, you're going to gain knowledge one way or the other. But, you know, if, if I had some prior knowledge, uh, man, I could have saved myself such such heartache. So uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm excited about uh, when it comes to the passive income mastermind. Well, gentlemen, this has been a pleasure to hear you guys sharing. I mean, there's a lot of wisdom, right? We could have just continued and pulled this out when you have a, a group like yourselves who has taken massive action and are sharing with each other, not being scarce with information, right? Sometimes that, that, um, that challenge mentality, Matthew, the willingness or uh, desire to win, sometimes comes at the expense of, okay, I'm going to do these things and I'm not going to tell my friends about it so I can get so far ahead. Right. That's, it's one thing to want to win, but at the same time, you're doing it in a way, well, I, I want to, I'm going to win big because when these guys learn something, then they're going to do something at a greater level. And it's going to challenge me to have to do something at a greater level. And you start standing on the shoulders of, people that are a lot taller than you, right? I see that. I think that that's huge. I think you guys, um, thank you guys so much for being willing to share with our community, being a part of the inner circle and now um, going into the Passive Income Mastermind. I'm excited what the journey is going to look like for you. And I know as you're listening to this, maybe, um, maybe you have a group like these gentlemen have where you meet with somebody on a regular basis and you have these conversations. If you're not, then I challenge you right now to, to go to wealthwhatwallstreet.com forward slash free call and ask one of our coaches, how can you get in a group that can help level you up? That could be someone that could, where you can not only receive information that you didn't have before, but also start sharing those experiences and gaining that action that Jonathan just talked about as it pertains to how do I get more passive income than monthly expenses? All right, Stallion, I'm gonna let you wrap it up. Final thought. Uh, my final thought, or do you want me to get everybody else's final thought? What you Your think? final thought. My final thought is, man, be a part of a community, right? Uh, we we talk about that within the wealth of that Wall Street world, but man, this is a micro community, and and I got to be honest, this is a power group, right? This is a power group within the overall community because they not only show up, they not only invest in themselves by hearing information, but then they take action and they apply it at the, at the you and me level, right? At the personal level. And there is just, that has made a massive difference. I mean, we didn't get into all of the details today. I mean, I, and I think it'd be great to, to have more conversation with these guys offline or if you, you look them up in the community, I'm sure they'll be happy to talk to you. But man, the, the results that they've seen within a couple of years is what most people look for in 10 plus years. Like they have come, they have literally collapsed time. And if that's you, 
it doesn't have to be super difficult, but man, you got to find your tribe. If it's not wealth without wall street, find it somewhere else. But if it is join the inner circle, join the mastermind and let's go deep. Let's go fast and get you because your family is worth it, right? Your passions are worth it. They're waiting for you to create the passive income to exceed your monthly expenses. And uh, you can do it with your tribe. All right, gentlemen, I, I have one last question for you. And it's one word answer only. Okay. And that's how we're going to finish it. No so pressure. This is, yeah, no pressure. So I'm going to start with you, Brent. So here, here's your question. In one word, sum up what the future looks like based upon what you have gained so far. Freeing. Hmm. Freeing. I love it. What a great word. Matthew. Hope. Hmm. Hope. How about for you, Johnson? What's one word that sums up what the future looks like now based upon the information you have? Um, I'm going to go with joyful. Joyful. I love it. All right. Well, that, a that's a, a, there's opportunity for each one of you. If you don't have a group like this to join and, and also to come back and listen to the next podcast where you can also start gaining insights that maybe be the, the breaking point for you where Joey and I are interviewing you in the future to talk about the things that you learned and what you're off to now and what that future looks like. So gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate having you always a, a great conversation and thank you for listening. If you haven't had a time um, to do it yet, take the chance right now to uh, let us know uh, on your podcast app, how, how we're doing uh, rate review the show. Uh, that's how others find us. And we appreciate you having an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.